Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Why don't you find the, the book of Proverbs chapter 20, the 20th proverb. And this morning, <clears throat> just want to share something with you. It's kind of like you, you got to have to have spiritual ears to kind of get this this morning, but I believe you do. And we've prayed and I've prayed and asked God to help us. And so, uh, but I want to talk to you about this this morning. I want to talk to you about drawing out the counsel of God. And I want to begin here in Proverbs. I'll give you that title again, drawing out the counsel of God. I want to begin here in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, where it says, counsel in the heart of a man, or that'd be a woman too, is like deep water. It's deep. But a man, a person of understanding, will draw it out. So, you know, how many know there's, as believers, there's counsel inside of us because the Holy Spirit's inside of us, right? And how many know He has the answers to everything? Amen. Did you know if we listen to Him, we would never miss it? But most of us have missed it. No, I'm going to say that again. All of us have missed it. But it wasn't his fault, was it? It was because maybe we weren't listening or we were in too big a hurry. We didn't, maybe we didn't even ask for his help. We just made up our mind what we were going to do. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, whom the King James calls the comforter, and the New King James calls him the helper. Uh, Amphite Bible uses seven terms for him. One of them is a, is a counselor. And certainly he is that because Jesus said, when he's come, he will lead you. He will guide you into all of the truth. Well, what does that mean? Well, he knows, he knows everything you need to know about your life. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to be talking to me about computer science. Because he knows I don't need it. Amen? Now you may, but, but anything concerns my life, he can talk to me about it. And lead me, guide me, direct me where I always make the right decisions in life. I haven't always made the right decisions. I've made some terrible decisions. But I've made some right ones too. Hallelujah. And you know, one of the things, one thing you do is if you're smart, you learn off your bad decisions. I'll learn off other people's bad decisions. I'd rather learn off your bad decisions than my bad decisions, right? I'd rather see you suffer than me solve them. I take that back. But how many understand, you, you can learn that way too, you know, but you don't have to. Amen. I don't believe we have to miss it at all. I know we do, but that's never God's fault. He's there to help us. He's there to guide us. Amen. So, so counsel, you know, it's deep inside of us, it's, it's, but it has to be drawn out. And that's kind of what I want to talk about this morning, about how, how do we draw that out? How do, we, how do we locate that? How do we define that? Well, in the same uh, proverb, Proverb 20, I want you to look at verse 27. It says this. It says, The spirit of man is the candle, the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly, or the innermost being, you could say. So he says it's the spirit of man, that's the candle of the Lord. Or in other words, it's God illuminates you by your spirit, man. In other words, it's his contact point with you. Now, this bears witness with the New Testament. It says, you know, that the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. He doesn't bear witness with our minds or our bodies, but with our spirit. Amen. Now, I want you to go, I'm going to look at, these are foundation scriptures, and then we're going to talk about some things here this morning. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter uh, 12, go there, Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, what we're going to do today, and this is, you know, this is, this is for every believer, we're going to locate, we're going to learn, a, we're, you know, we're going to at least start the process of learning how to listen on the inside and not the outside. Because the outside isn't always right. But the inside where God dwells, the spirit of man, it's the candle of the Lord. Hallelujah. And we'll talk about this, you know. 
uh, a little bit. Now, it, here in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9, it says, Furthermore, we've had fathers of our flesh which corrected us. Anybody get, ever get corrected? Yeah, I did. You know, I told you that my father adjusted my citizenship grade from F to either A or B, I can't remember, but it, went, it improved dramatically after my father worked on my citizenship. <laughs> and, you know, we didn't have a seminar. We didn't have classes. Uh, we just had bend over by the green recliner. I'm going to take care of your grade for you. And uh, next, the next semester, it was up. Praise God. They were actually now thinking about letting me stay a citizen of the human race. <laughs> Amen. Now, but we've had fathers of our flesh which correct us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of what? Spirit. Of spirits and live. It doesn't say he's the father of flesh. How many know your father and your mother, they, they, they birthed your flesh? Right. We, know, we know it all came from God. We understand that. But uh, God is the father of spirits. Only he can give the spirit. Only he can. Right. Um, your father of your flesh, when he corrected you, you know, he spoke to you. He spoke to you. The fathers of our flesh speak to our flesh. But the father of our spirit speaks to our spirit. How many of you follow what I'm saying now? See, you see, this may be new to some of you, but if you'll just stay with me, you're going to get something this morning. Because uh, you, you and I are, what are we? Can anybody know what we're made of? Spirit, soul, and body, right? All right, so that is us. We're, according to Paul, the apostle, he said that we're spirit, soul, and body in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, which means that, you know, we have three parts to us. Our spirit, our soul, our body. This verse tells us that God's the father of our spirit. So what does he want to communicate with? Our spirit. Right? This is going to be teaching today. I think it's going to help you, really. I really do. See, so, so we have, the Bible talks about in the New Testament, we have an outer man and an inner man. We have an inner man. When we say we're born again, how many know your inner man got born again, right? When you got saved, your out man didn't change, right? If you were 30 pounds overweight, how many of you didn't automatically lose 30 pounds? Don't you wish it worked that way? I just eat what I want to eat and get born again, again, and again, and again, and again. But how many know it doesn't work that way? You got to do something about your flesh, right? And your mind doesn't get renewed overnight, right? You have to work on it. You got to do that. But God does something with your spirit the moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He recreates your spirit, the Bible teaches. You're born again. You're born anew. You're born from above. You're a new creature. Now your desires begin to change on the inside of you. Your flesh may still want to do wrong things, but deep down inside your heart, you don't want to do it. And you can never be comfortable doing things that are contrary to God's Word. Because there's something inside of you that doesn't want you to do that. Amen. Now, your flesh, I'm not saying you still don't do wrong things. We do. But it's because we yield to our flesh or our unrenewed mind. But if we listen to our heart, our heart, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's in line with God if it's born again. Amen? So, so God wants to communicate with us. We're spirit, soul, and body. Whichever one of those you put first in your life, the spirit, the soul, or the body, that's the one that's going to talk the loudest to you. See, if you... If you're always giving in to your flesh, it's going to have the predominant voice in your life. Now, have you ever met people that were so intellectual, their intellect had their, their soul, their mind, their will, their emotions, had the dominant, dominant position in their life? Sure, I just witnessed a, you know, a few months ago to a, a, I called him up, you know, and he's a very intellectual person, very intellectual. Uh, not anti-Christ, not anti-Christian, but just so intellectual, he doesn't really believe in salvation through faith in Jesus. Well, you know, the guy's getting a little older, and he needs to get born again, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're in your 80s, it's time to get saved. If you're in your, your teens, it's time to get saved. <laughs> but when you're in your 80s, I mean, you got to admit, you know, tick tock. No offense to anybody that's in their 80s, but you know, you know, you got less time left on the planet than what you've ha had on the planet. Isn't that right? 
right? So it's time to get saved. So I called him up. I'm trying to lead him to the Lord, you know. And he, and he was nice, you know. He's nice about it. You know, he was a teacher and all. And uh, very intellectual, very smart, very smart person. But sometimes his, his intelligence gets in his way. You know, and I told him, I said, you know, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. You don't want to die without making Jesus Lord of your life. And he said, well, I appreciate your theological concerns. Well, it's not theological concerns. This is a matter of life or death. It's, it's not my theology. It happens to be the Bible. I do believe in that theology that you need to be born again. But that's not what it's all about. It's, about. it's about you receiving Jesus as your Savior. It's not just about church. It's not just about... How many are following what I'm saying? I don't want to say that wrong, but it, 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 is, it, is, the the, it is right theology, yes. But it's not just that. You need to get, it's just not just something, my theological thing. It's, it happens to be the way, the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. It isn't just my church's theology. It's, it's the kingdom of God. I still believe he's going to get saved. Amen. I do. But there is, there is a, there, when God talks to us, I mean, He doesn't talk out here normally. He doesn't talk in the natural realm. Sometimes we'll say things like the Lord spoke to me, and I think people that don't understand that thing, are they saying that God's, the booming voice came from heaven and talked to them? No, I've never had that. But yet on the inside of me, I get, I get some knowings on the inside of me. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Something just, you know, like the, like the apostles said in Acts, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. How'd they know it seemed good to the Holy Spirit? Because he's living inside of them. He said it seemed good to him and to us. We felt good about it. The Holy Spirit felt good about it. The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. What's it mean? He cooperates what, we, what we're getting, saying, yeah, that's right, that's good. Or no, that's not right, that's not good. You know, you, you, you know Paul one time was getting ready to go on a mission trip, and he was going to go a certain place and preach the gospel, and the Bible said the Spirit forbade him to go. Yeah. Well, how do you know the, what did the Spirit do? Just stand out in front of him and say, no, you can't go? Tie him up? No, on the inside of him, he just didn't feel good about it. So he tried to go someplace else. And he said the Spirit wouldn't, wouldn't let him go there either. Well, it wasn't like the Holy Ghost was physically stopping him. It was just like he felt on the inside of me, something's not right about this. So then he went into Macedonia. Oh, man, and he had some fruit in Macedonia. He got put in jail, but he had some fruit. Praise God. Remember the jailer got saved, the Philippian jailer? And then revival broke out in Philippi. There's historians believe and say this, I can't prove it, that the Philippian jailer that got saved was the pastor of the church of Philippi. Makes sense. Get the pastor saved first. Yes. Amen. And so that wasn't like a physical restraint. The Holy Spirit didn't tie him up. The Holy Spirit didn't knock him down. But on the inside of him, he just felt like, you know, this isn't right. Don't go here. Don't do that. Well, I've had that many times over the years. I've had the Lord warn us. And on the inside, I, one time Phyllis and I were going to go on vacation. And all the week come, right leading up to it, I just felt like, man, we shouldn't go. But, you know, we'd already rented a place, and uh, we'd already made reservations, I should say. And, you know, and I was pretty young in those days still in the Lord. You know, I hadn't, you know, I didn't have all the ex experience I have today. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, that's just the devil trying to put fear in me, you know. But yet deep inside me, I thought, don't go, don't go, don't go. But, you know me, I can be pretty stubborn. Amen. Don't say amen. Um, <laughs> Phyllis can say amen. I got that. The pearls have a whole history of hard-headedness. And anyway, so anyway, um, you know, we went, and when we got there, you know, I was like, this, ain't, this isn't right. This isn't right. Phyllis and I, she'll remember, we stood outside the office praying whether we should stay at this place. Now, how many know when you have to do that? If you have to, it's, 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 like, it's, it's like a pastor told her son who was in one of these dangerous sports and broke his leg. And he said, I don't understand how I broke my leg. I pray every time before I go do it. She said, did you ever stop to think you have to pray about something before you do it? You probably shouldn't do it. God, keep me from killing myself. Don't do it. And anyway, so we're standing there praying where she go inside. And finally, I'm just like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm the man of the house. We're going to go do it. And we, we gave him our money. And we're in this place, and I'm laying on the couch, and it's getting dark, and Phyllis leans over me. You know, I'm doing what the man thing. I'm laying on the couch. And uh, she leans over me to close the curtains, and when she leaned over me, I heard in my spirit, are you going to have to learn the hard way? 
I thought, I don't know what's going on here, but we're getting out of here. I don't care if we lose our money. We got out of there. We went to a place called Festus. Festus means joyful. Boy, we were joyful that night to get out of that place. Remember that? We were like, oh, thank you, Jesus. We survived. <laughs> well, we wouldn't have been there if stupid hadn't disobeyed the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But I'm just talking to you about this because, they're, they're, you know, sometimes, sometimes I have heard, it's almost like you hear words deep down inside of here. But then sometimes it's not, not anything like that. It's just I don't feel right about it. Something doesn't seem right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I mean, you ever button your shirt up wrong? You don't know it, but something does, does, doesn't feel right here. Well, you got a button off. That's what it is. That's the same way in the spirit. You can be off. You know, uh, you know I remember, you know, like the work we started in Huntingburg. I tell you how that began. I, I wasn't even thinking about doing anything there. I didn't live in the city. I lived in Jasper. I didn't live in Huntingburg. I lived, but we have to drive through it on Sunday mornings because I would go places to preach on Sunday morning. I'd go to places to preach, and we'd drive through Huntingburg going, going to the place. I was going to, I remember we'd go to Mount Carmel to preach over there in a church a lot, and I, we would drive through it, and every time we'd drive through there, I'd feel like, you need to do something here. You need to do something here. Well, it wasn't, I never heard a voice. I just, on the inside, you need to do something here. And so we did something there, praise God, and it turned out to be God. Amen. Amen. Um, but it's all on the inside, right? It's not this, you know, people want, sometimes people want God to give them signs, you know, Lord. And God can do that, and God does do that, but that should not be the primary way you're led. You need to be led by on the inside, because the Spirit of God bears witness with our, our spirit. Counsel is, the Bible said, we just read the scripture, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, right. not, not his natural. The devil's out here in the natural world. He can do things. Lord, if you want me to do that, if you want me to go to college there, have, have a red Corvette pass me. Well, you know, a red Corvette could just pass you because there's red Corvettes on the street, right? Or have a black cat walk out in front of me. Well, there's black cats all over the city. Like anytime they could walk out in front of you. How many know the devil can get involved in that? Well, what about Gideon, Pastor? Gideon, he used that fleece. But you got to understand something. Gideon wasn't born again. And the second thing, Gideon already knew what God had said. Because he said, if it's as you told me, as I've heard. He already knew. He didn't need any fleece. God just, because he's not born again. Um, because he, 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 the Spirit of God doesn't live on the inside of him. God did some things on the outside. But listen, let me tell you, don't, don't go by fleeces. Because, listen, if, if everything going smooth means you're in the will of God, Paul was never in the will of God. Right? You know, so that's not necessarily the sign. Uh, the sign is, is what you're hearing on the inside. Amen. You know, God can tell you just things. I mean, I was driving. I was just uh, morning. I was, I was doing, I think, some church stuff or something. It was, a, it was in the morning, maybe 9 o'clock. I was driving somewhere. And this ambulance, I meet this ambulance coming towards me. Well, you see, I mean, no, you see ambulances all the time. But on the inside of me, I heard these words. I didn't hear them up here. I didn't hear them out here. I just, just, just came up on the inside of me. That's Sister Madge. I thought, well, won't hurt to find out. I, you know, my first thought was, I, I doubt that. I thought, well, it won't hurt to try. So I turned my, my vehicle around. I followed this ambulance to the hospital. It pulls up in there in that, you know, that awning area. It pulls up. I'm out. I'm already out of my vehicle. I walk up there to where the ambulance is at. They open the doors, and the first person I saw come out of that ambulance was Sister Madge. Now, what do you think that did for Sister Madge? She's going through some turmoil here. She's, she's going to the hospital. That's, bad, that's a bad day. When they take you by the ambulance to the hospital, things aren't going great. And the doors open up, and the first thing she sees is her pastor. And I say, God told me to come here. How I many you know that put some faith in that woman? I don't even know who Sister Madge is. Is she dead? Yeah, she is now, but she wasn't then. 
She lived her life out. Where'd that come from? I didn't hear that out here. I didn't hear that up here. I heard that down here. See, the Holy Ghost knew who was in the ambulance. I didn't know. How many there could have been thousands of people, different people in that? How could? That's just unusual. Sister Man, how do I? How would I know Sister Madge is in there? I don't know Sister Madge is in there. The only way I would have found out Sister Madge is there was the office got called and said Sister Madge is in the hospital. And I don't know. But God wanted something special for Sister Madge. He wanted her to see her pastor when those doors open on that ambulance. There stands the man of God. I'm here to pray for you. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. God's just good, isn't he? (laughs) Hallelujah. And I've had things like that over the years, if I could think of them. You know, warnings and uh, guidance, you know. But it's never... Now, I've had a few in my lifetime. I've had a few dreams. I haven't had... I haven't had a whole bunch, but I've had a few dreams where God used dreams. God uses dreams. He can use visions. He can use things like... I've had that happen. But the majority of my leading has just come because this, because counsel was deep in the heart of my, my spirit, and I drew it out. Hallelujah. And I knew what to do. Amen. Glory be to God. Somebody say, that's why I'm here today. I'm here in Evansville. I'm pastoring because counsel in the heart of man. Yes. Hallelujah. Man, If you, these guys can tell you, I used to preach in those days. I'll never pastor again. I'm done. I was out traveling. I like that. Praise God. Get a love offering. Amen. Pastor's got all the problems. You just leave. Pray for him. I'm love, I love you, brother. Be praying for you. But I got to go. Got another meeting. Amen. And so that's the way I was living. And just one day the Lord said, you know, I got some more for you in ministry. I'll need you to pull, a, pull aside and seek me. And I thought, okay, great, man. I'm going to some other cities, do some other places here, you know, all that. But I was praying on April, in April on the Thursday afternoon. If I'd like Brother Hagin, I could tell you what it was the third or the fourth, but I don't know. I just know it was a Thursday afternoon around 3.30 in the afternoon. That's not bad that I remember all that. But anyway... I was just praying in my room at our house up in my study, and I'm praying, and the Lord said, I want you. I heard, I didn't hear it out here. I did not hear it out here. I heard it on the inside of me. I heard these words. I want you to go to Newburgh, Indiana, and start a church. Well, thank you. Well, the first thing I thought was, where is that? I didn't know. Newburgh, Indiana. I was thinking New Harmony. I knew, I'd heard of New Harmony but not Newburgh. And I thought, where is that at? And, you know, so, you know, I didn't just like, you know, come downstairs and tell Phyllis, da, 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 da. You know, I didn't, no, I didn't do that. I didn't tell her for a long time. Actually, I brought her to Newburgh to show her Newburgh, but I hadn't even told her yet. I said, how do you like this city? She says, I like Jasper better. <laughs> that was at that time. I think maybe she likes Newburgh better now. But anyway... Because uh, we lived there for over 20 years. We live in Evansville now. But anyway, you know, that, that just came on the inside of me. I, I, you know, and I, I, I actually drove down here to find the city, see if I could find it. And I found out, I thought, well, they need another church for this. You know, in those days, there wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't an expressway going through there. It was a two-lane highway. Yeah, I mean, I mean I remember those days. It wasn't all those eating places. It wasn't, wasn't hardly anything there except a abandoned tan side collared building that we got. <laughs> I remember that first building. Yeah, we had a couple come one time. They stayed for years. They, when they first came up there and saw the look of the church, I think it was the husband or what? The outside of the church. What did the husband say? It was the wife. said, oh, I don't want to go in there. And they ended up becoming great members of the church for years. Amen. But because, you know, this, this inside here, that, that's, what, that's what leads you and guides you. Amen. And God can warn you. And God can give you direction. When I first got saved, you know, I'd been saved for a few months. And I heard about a minister. Actually, it was a, uh, in those days, uh, the uh, Christian contemporary music was just getting started, getting kicked off, you know. And one, one of the guys that was pretty... Of, uh, on the cutting edge of it and he loved God with all of his heart great man and did a lot of things for the kingdom of God uh, had, had been killed in a plane crash and people are like man I can't you know I can't believe this happened to this guy that, you know what happened here I mean God's using him mightily and 
he's snuffed out in the prime of life. I mean, he's probably in his late 20s, maybe early 30s. I can't, I'm not for sure. But, you know, he was a young man. God was using his music today still. He's got some, some powerful music. I, I still like to hear his music today. Um, because it, his music had some stuff in it. I mean, it had some substance to it. And, uh, and he had a powerful voice, just full of energy. And, uh, you know, I, I, people were confused in the church. And I, I was so young, I hadn't been saved long, I didn't know who he was, you know. I mean, I'm just, I'm just waking up from the dead, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just got resurrected like Lazarus. I don't know what's going on in the church. But I'm hearing people talk about it. Well, later on, you know, uh, I read his, uh, what do they call it? Somebody writes your own autobiography or, or is it biography? I can't keep those things straight. Biography is when somebody else writes it. Auto means you did it. Yeah. See, I told you. Auto means you did it. All right. Well, his wife wrote it, and he died in that plane crash. But, she, but when she said what she said, I understood why it happened. She said as they were, it was a ministry plane, and they would just bought it, I think, and they were just excited about it, and the pilot was going to take them up, and they were going to go fly around for a little bit and come back, and they had overloaded it. How many of you still can't break the laws of nature and expect God to take care of it? If you're knowingly breaking the laws of nature, you can still get in trouble. But anyway, even beyond that, his wife said, he said to her, she was pregnant at the time, and he said to her, if I don't make it back, name the baby. How many know when somebody says something like that, that is a red light? They're picking something up on the inside of them. I shouldn't be doing this. See, he had the witness of the Spirit. Don't do this. Don't go on this plane. Don't do that. I mean, it's better to pay attention to that and upset some people than to die. Right? Brother Osteen, who I was talking about, Brother John Osteen, one time, he had a group from his church. They were going on a mission trip. And they were flying to another country. And uh, he had several, I don't know how many, but several people from his church. They're all excited about it. Pastor's going to go over here and preach. They get, all their, they, they get all their arrangements made. They fly over to the other country. They get off at the airport. And the Lord said, you stay here, you'll die here. Now, not outside, but inside he heard this. Well, how many know, you could easily override that because I got all these people from the church. They're going to think I'm a nut. Why didn't God tell me before I came over here? Well, that's God. Maybe he tried to. So he just told the people, he said, I'm not staying. We're going back. And they had to get a plane and go right back. Didn't even go to a hotel or nothing. Just went right back. But how many know, God, God will warn us. There's counsel deep on the inside of us. So let me give you some things, just three things as we, as we get ready to close out. But let me give you three things that you need to do if you're going to be sensitive to this. How many want to be sensitive to this? You know, the, the Lord told this to Brother Hagin one time. And Brother Hagin explained. Let me explain this up front. Brother Hagin used to say the word rich means fully supplied. You know, when we say rich today in America... People think of all the movie stars and athletes and all that. But God has a different definition of rich. All right. So he said, the Lord said to him, he said, if my people would learn to listen to the inward witness, I'd make them all rich. Isn't that something? That, that should stir, now, not just because we want to be rich, but how many want a full supply? And that's what he's talking about, a full supply. Amen. Hallelujah. A full supply. I want a full supply. How about you? So I want to talk to you just three things that you need to, you need to get a hold of if you're going to draw this counsel out. It's on the inside, but we have to fine-tune ourselves. Does anybody remember the days when we had radios that had the vacuum tubes? Remember, you had to just work on that dial and get it just right. Isn't that right? And sometimes if you got it off a little bit, you get the static. Yeah. You know, so you had to tune it just right to here. I mean, there's all kinds of radio waves going in here right now. Yeah. All kinds of music 
is flowing through our church. Thank God we were only tuned into the praise and worship today. Right? Thank God we weren't tuned into, I don't know if this, I'm just making this number up, so if this is your radio station and you're streaming, don't get mad at me. Praise God we weren't tuned into 106.3. I don't know what 106.3 is, but I'd rather have what we had today. But have you know, you got to tune it in. I've got a radio in my truck, and you know, you got, you don't have to tune it in now. It's all digital or whatever, and uh, you just push the button, right? But in the old days, I, I remember even our vehicles, we had to turn that dial. We had to get just right, we had to just tune it right in. And sometimes if you didn't have it just right, you get static. You might hear a little bit, but you get the static in the background. And you could just move it just a little bit. See, your, your life's like that. You got to tune in to hear from God. Or you pick up all the static of the world and all the static of your life. It's making a lot of noise. But you got to fine tune it in. So what are the things we have to do? Well, here's the three things we have to do. Number one, you have to keep yourself full of God's Word. Uh, we have a little bit of time. Let's, we're in Hebrews now, I believe. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Look at this scripture in Hebrews 4. You have to, to, you have to keep yourself full of God's Word. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, For the Word of God is quick or it's alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to, notice this, it'll divide asunder the soul and the spirit. So obviously you can divide the soul and the spirit, right? And now listen now, obviously they need to be divided if the Word does it at times, right? At times they obviously need to be divided if the Word divides it. And the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the Word, what the Word does is it gets down on the inside of you where you're led at, down in your spirit. And the Word divides what's of your soul and what's of your spirit. That's why you have to spend sufficient time in the Word so it divides, it does this dividing work. So you have two lives going on. You've got two lives going on inside of you. In your, in, inside of you. You've got your soul life and your spirit life. How many know your soul life tells you what you want? Your spirit life tells you what God wants. See, that's if you're born again. How many of you are born again? The Holy Spirit's inside of you. So your spirit life tells you what God wants for your life. Your soul tells you what you want for your life. And what you want for your life may not be the best for your life. It may look good. It may sound good. It, it, it all may seem good. But it may not be good, right? You may want certain things that aren't the best for you. Isn't that right? See, you, it, well, just for instance, people sometimes are you know looking for a spouse. Well, how I many you need to hear from God? You know, I just want to pick out the most beautiful lady on the planet. Well, uh, that's fine if. That's God's will for your life. Right? But what if the most beautiful lady on the outside is ugly on the inside? Amen. I've always said, and some people, I don't know if they get this or not. I'd rather be married to Miss Fruit of the Spirit than Miss Gift of the Spirit. Y'all get that? I don't care how much gifting she has. I got to have some fruit. I got to have some love. Come on, everybody say love. I got to have some joy. I got to have some peace in my house. Hallelujah. Have a rule in my house. We have a rule in our house. You break the peace, you're gone. There's going to be peace in this house because that's the kingdom of God. All right. You want to strife? Hey, strife on, but not, not around me. Amen. Now, so, so we have to understand that, you know, the outside, how many of you are soaking with something? You know, I've, like I've said before, I've, I've never seen a puppy I didn't want to take home. But thank God, I didn't take them all home. Matter of fact, I, didn't take it, I haven't taken any of them home because my wife barely lets me. I've had a few. I've had, I've had a few. Yes, you did. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have. I had had a few. That's right. Let's move on. Uh, 
Oh, man, we had a cat one time. You know, we got a cat at the uh, Humane Society. And I mean, she lived forever. I mean, she was on Social Security. <laughs> we moved her nine times. You know, when we, when we moved her, you know, when we first moved her, we'd put her in the garage and let her get accustomed to things, you know. You know, after a few times, she was so used to it, we'd just throw out in the backyard. She'd look at the tree and see which one's the tallest one in case I need to escape here, you know. And, uh, I mean, that cat was on Social Security. But, uh, you know, I, I, man, I tell you, you can, go through a, you can go through a new car lot. How many know your emotions can talk to you? And it not necessarily be God. And how many people have wrecked their finances by their emotions? How many people have wrecked their lives because of their emotions? They got hooked up with the wrong people, right? All of us have made mistakes in these areas, and it wasn't, and it, it wasn't God's fault. It was always our fault. Sometimes God gets the blame for it. Well, God, why would you let this happen in my life? Well, he might have been telling you not to do it, and you weren't sensitive enough to listen. You hadn't been filling yourself with the word to divide between the soul and the spirit. Amen? Right? See, I've got this saying, and I think it's a good saying, even though it came from me. I think this is good. Emotional decisions won't stand the test of time, nor weather the storms of life. If you make an emotional decision in your life, time, time will find that out. The storms of life will find that out. It won't last. Amen. But when they're made because the Spirit witnessed it to you, man, that's forever. Amen. All right, so, so number one, keep yourself filled with the Word. Number two, stay full of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Luke 4, 1, Jesus was returned and was led, of, was led of the Spirit. He returned in the power of the Spirit and was led of the Spirit. Je- oh, actually, it says it this way. Luke 4, 1 says, and being full of the Spirit, he was led by the Spirit. Amen. So the more full you are of the Spirit, how many know the, the easier it is for him to lead you? Well, how do you stay full of the Spirit? Well, through your prayer life, through praise, through worship. I'm going to tell you a good way, and if, you're not, if you don't do this, I want to encourage you to, uh, and that is by praying in tongues every day. Because the Bible says when we pray in tongues, our spirit man prays. Well, that's the area where God illuminates. So he gets active. He gets charged up. The Bible says when we pray in another tongue, we edify our, ourselves. It's a supernatural way. And I'm just telling you just from, the, well, it's, it's in the Bible if you really look, look for it. You know, the Bible says we speak mysteries to God. Well, how I many of us, the, the uh, Amphi Bible says divine hidden secrets. And the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us according to the will of God in Romans chapter 8. So when we're praying in tongues, who gives the utterance? The Holy Spirit. They spake in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance, right? All right. So, so who's giving the utterance when we pray in tongues? Who's giving it? Uh, how many think the Holy Spirit probably knows a thing or two more than we do? Think so? So... Is it better that we... Now, God wants us to pray both ways. Don't misunderstand me. And you can be led both ways in praying. But I'm just making a point here. Is it better that we pray our mind or His mind? Right. His mind. Right. See, I read that scripture. I've told you this before, but I read that scripture and I was just reading it one day just out of Corinthians. And it says, uh, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my understanding is unfruitful. Well, when I, when I read that, I thought, wait a minute here. Wait a minute. And I've seen this. I've read that verse th- hundreds of times. Maybe more than that. And, and I read that, I thought, wait a minute, if my understanding's unfruitful, that means I'm using somebody else's understanding. Because everything you do, you have to do it with some understanding. You can't tie your shoes without some understanding. You can't do anything without some understanding. You can't go home, you can't leave this church without some understanding. You've got to understand how to get out of here. You have to have some understanding. You can't start your car without some understanding. You can't drive your car without some understanding. See, man, I've driven all kinds of cars. Remember those stick column on the column? Remember those? Yeah, yeah. I could stick some of you in there, and you don't have any understanding. You couldn't even drive the thing, right? You wouldn't know where to go. I don't even remember myself. I think up and down, maybe one, ups, two, then downs, three, back and over, it's reverse or something like that. I can't remember, but but I figured out. Is that it? All right. So it's been a long time since I've driven one of those, but you had to have some understanding to drive the thing. Some of you are like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. 
Well, there's some of you worse than that. Some of you remember when you, you know, the Flintstone cars, you had those. <laughs> I've had some cars that were almost like the Flintstone cars. You know, Mark's not here, so I'm going to tell this joke. I've told this joke before, but I thought it was so funny. Evangelist friend told me this. He said, you know, he said, did you know that Ford is putting heated tailgates on their trucks next year? He got me. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, that's so your hands stay warm in the winter when you push them. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so number two, listen, you got to stay full of the Spirit. Number three. Everybody say number three. number three. Let's look at this scripture and we'll close right here. Did you get anything today? Yes. First Corinthians chapter four. So counsel's inside of you because the Holy Spirit's inside. You say, I just don't know what to do. Well, you may not, but you can find out. But you got to do the right things to tap into that, to hear that. You got to, how many know sometimes you got to, you got to shut the outside down to hear the inside. But something about the child of God, when God speaks, you really know his voice. He said, my sheep know my voice. I was, uh, and I can't remember who it was now. It was a minister. I know it was one of my friends. I was talking about being in Israel. I think it was in, he said he was in Israel. And, they, you know, there's still places where they shepherd sheep, you know. And he said they had, he said, it was at this place where all these sheep were together, a different people's sheep, different shepherd's sheep. They were all together. And he said it was amazing. He said it was amazing. He said you get one shepherd, and he'd step out there and holler at his sheep, and all his sheep would perk up and come running. The other sheep didn't even move, didn't even look up, wow. didn't even look up. But his would look up, and they would come. I thought, isn't that something? See, that's the way I, we got a shepherd. To have, how many know that? And we're his sheep, right? And so when he speaks up, man, it's, it's, it, he's not speaking out here. You know, because I know sometimes people make fun of us. People that still believe in the supernatural power of God, the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, God talks to them. Well, you know, and I understand there's a few of us that are a little fruity, flaky, and nuts. We're granola Christians. But we're not all that way. And so, yes, God still speaks to us. No. He can. He could speak on the outside. He has done it for people. He could do supernatural signs. I've had him do it for me. But that's not the main way. That, you'll get in trouble if that's your main way. You're going to get misled by the devil. You've got to find out what he's saying on the inside. What's he saying down deep in here? Amen. And I've had him speak down in here many times. Amen. So when we say the Lord spoke to us, yeah, the Lord spoke to us. Don't he talk to you? What's wrong with you? Get saved. Did you know the Bible says if you've come to Jesus, you've heard from the Father? John chapter 6, verse 44. 43, 45, everyone that comes to me has heard what I've said. What do you to Jesus? It was the voice of God, right? So don't tell me we don't hear from God. We wouldn't even be saved if we didn't hear from God. Amen. Do I hear God speaking to me every day? Do I want? He says, go to this restaurant. Now, if he said that, he said, go to Juan's restaurant. Juan and Brittany's. And get Hoyo, Indiana. Hum, hum, hum. That's a good dish. But anyway, he, no, he doesn't do that. I mean, he could. I guess he has. But no, that's, most of us will we'll never hear any audible voice of God. But he does speak to us in our heart. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. It's got to be drawn out. Sometimes it's more evident. And other times it's not as evident. But if you're sensitive and you just listen, you'll hear something. You, amen. Now, the third thing is this. You've got to keep your conscience clean. Look at this in, in Timothy as we close out. Now, the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. I'm in 1 Timothy 4. Did I tell you that? I'm sorry. 1 Timothy chapter 4. 
Are you telling me i got to read this all over again? Verse 1, verse 74, 1. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils or demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, this, see, your conscience, Paul said in Romans 9.1, his conscience was bearing him witness in the Holy Spirit. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit man. Has anybody ever done something wrong, sinned, and your conscience bothered you? Remember? What is, well, how many know it's not your flesh telling you you're doing wrong? Right? Because your flesh would say, do it again. It's not necessarily your mind, although you can renew your mind, but it's deep down inside. It's something in your heart. You'll say, we'll say my conscience is bothering me. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, see, little, even little kids have a conscience, and sometimes they hear from God better than we do. Brother Hagin tells a story about a minister, a pastor, who was get, go, going to have to fly somewhere to preach a funeral. And so uh, he had to leave very early in the morning, like somewhere around 6 in the morning. So the wife just gets the kids out of bed, doesn't put the, their clothes on, just takes them in pajamas, puts them in the back seat of the car. You know, in those days, we didn't wear seatbelts. Kids stood up in the car. That was their car seat. And the dad sat down back there, kids. They'd throw us in the back of the bed of the truck and take us down the interstate. I'm telling the truth. And, and, and dad would holler out, you kids sat down back there. If I have to pull this truck over, I remember those days. I have to pull this. That meant, okay, we pushed it far enough. Sit down. So, and it wasn't smart, I understand, because if you flipped over, then... Well, I guess you just make new kids, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, so she puts the kids in the back of the car. They go to the airport. The husband, the pastor, gets on the plane. It's a smaller plane, and it's taken off. And the little five-year-old boy sees that, and he goes, Mommy, is Daddy in that plane? And she says, well, yeah, you know, honey, he had to go fly to preach to somebody's room. Doesn't he know that's going to crash into the side of a mountain? And that plane crashed into the side of a mountain. See, that little boy, where did he get that at? He didn't get that out of his head. He didn't get that from any, his understanding. He had that, his spirit. His spirit's still alive. Because he, he's, he, he's not at the age of accountability. His spirit's alive to God. Right? See, and he picked that up. Now, I'm convinced that the Lord tried to tell the pastor himself, but he was just too busy to listen. Amen. And I'm not criticizing him. I've made some, I'm not to that drastic of measure, but I've made mistakes myself. And I look back and I think, you know, God was trying to tell me not to do that. He's trying to warn me. I didn't feel right about that. I didn't feel good about that. I just wanted to do it. Amen. So we have to keep our conscience clear. What do we got to keep our conscience clear? We need to keep our conscience clear of sin. How many know that? Disobedience. How about offense? How about unforgiveness? Paul told the church this. He said in Hebrews, he said, I have many things to say to you, but I can't say them now because you're dull of hearing. Spiritually dull of hearing. See, what, what, see here's a phrase you got to remember. This isn't original with me, but it's a good phrase. Whatever defiles you, dulls you. Whatever defiles you, say it with me. Whatever defiles me, dulls me. If I allow defiling things in my life, it dulls my, my hearing. I can't hear God like I should. Because why? The, your conscience is down in there, right? Right? How many of the, how many of the conscience is down in there where the council's at, right? The word goes down in there, right? Divides between souls. It goes down there where the council's at. The Holy Spirit is down there where the council's at, right? So if you keep him stirred up in your life, right? You keep the word stirred up in your life. You keep your conscience clear. You got the pipe unclogged. Does that help anybody today? So every day we make, you know, I, I mean, every day we, we make decisions and, 
And, you know, there's some natural decisions. They don't, they don't mount to much. And you don't, need, you don't necessarily need God's input on it. You know, when I go out to eat, I don't, I don't need God's input on whether I get, you know, um, chicken or fish. He probably doesn't care. He might have some input on how much chicken and fish I get, but I don't always listen to that. Come on, somebody help me preach. <laughs> how many of you following what I'm saying? So you could get really, people get really weird with this. Well, God told me to wear this tie. Well, okay. Uh, he didn't tell me to wear this one. Uh, sometimes Phyllis tells me not to wear a tie. Or I'll pick a tie out, and I go in there and back into the bedroom, and another tie's in its place. I know the Holy Ghost is helping me. Holy Ghost Phyllis is helping me so that it matches, you know. But, you know, we're not, we're not being goofy with this. People get goofy with it, you know. It's like every 15 minutes they're hearing something from God. That's just goofiness. But yet we do have, when it, when it matters, when it counts, we do have help. Some things don't, it doesn't matter to God whether you buy a red car or a silver one. It doesn't matter to God whether you buy a Ford or a Chevy. It does to me, it doesn't to God. He'll help you out when you're broke down. I wish Mark was here. This is for him. How many of you get what I'm saying? There's something, it doesn't matter to God. He doesn't care, you know. But yet there are things, so he can lead you in those areas. He can lead you what home to buy. How many know that? Right? But if he's not specifically telling you, pick the one out you like. If he doesn't want you to have it, he'll let you know. Does that make sense to anybody? Let's all stand up. Thank God. Come on up, Joe. Praise God for the Word of God. Praise God for the help we have. Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.